Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. It's night three of the Republican National Convention. We have the instant analysis of Mike Pence and so many others that spoke. Madison Cawthorn, Kaylee McEnany, Rick Grinnell. Instant live reaction of what was said, who said it, and what this means. We also go into the shooting of... Jacob Blake, Kenosha, the Arson of America, Barack Obama, and the National Basketball Association. Please consider supporting our program at charliekirk.com slash support. By supporting our program, you are supporting our production costs, our production team, so we can do two podcasts a day and one every single weekend. You are the backbone of what we do here on The Charlie Kirk Show. Also, consider getting involved with Turning Point USA. If you have a young person in your life that wants to get engaged and get involved, go to tpusa.com tpusa.com. Chip in some money, get engaged, and get involved for the fight for Western civilization. Night three of the Republican National Convention. We have the analysis right here for you. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the third night of the Republican National Convention What a moment right there with our national anthem. There were more disabled veterans standing for the national anthem at that moment than the entire National Basketball Association during their little bubble league. We're going to get into the NBA. We're going to get into Kenosha. We're going to get into Jacob Blake. We are going to get to all of that. But first, I want to just give a recap of the Republican National Convention night three. If you guys did not see uh, this convention tonight, it was incredible. I mean, some of the best speakers, Rick Grinnell gave a phenomenal speech. Kaylee McEnany, uh, a Chinese dissident and human rights fighter and activist, which I think LeBron James would benefit from listening from. Burgess Owens uh, and so many others. Madison Cawthorn, my friend, who is going to be the youngest elected member of Congress if he wins his race in North Carolina, which it sure looks like he will. But let's start with Vice President Pence. Vice President Pence, first, just the intro, just the setup was incredible. If you look at just how he comes right where we won that amazing victory, where our national anthem was inspired by Francis Scott Key, just the, I have to give the convention credit. At every single one of these setups, the imagery, the flags, the patriotism, the nationalism has been totally and completely incredible. And so, Pence was speaking live from Fort McHenry. Again, this is the site where the British in 1812 stood for our, where, where we stood up against the Brit, let me, stood up against the British uh, and our young republic from the onslaught from British troops. Um, it is also a place where off the coast of Baltimore Harbor, as a prisoner of the British, Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner, uh, which people say you're not allowed to say, you know, even recite in our country because it's allegedly racist. Uh, Pence had some great quotes throughout the speech that the heroes that held this fort stood their life, stood for their life, liberty and freedom in the American flag. But they were hardly ever mentioned at last week's DNC. Instead, they took four days attacking America. Pence looked really strong. He looked stoic. He looked presidential and an amazing personal witness to the president's love of our country and amazing to actually have live applause. I think actually having a audience in front of him, and also for Melania last night, I think it makes it a lot easier for the audience to connect with what was saying instead of just people at home saying, yeah, I agree with that. You actually have people that are engaging with the speech in real time. Uh, the Other kind of notable quotables is Vice President Pence said, Americans see President Trump in a lot of different ways, but there's no doubt how President Trump sees America. I think that was one of the best quotes of the entire convention. 
Another one is that America is a nation that deserves more gratitude than grievance. That is similar to something that I said in my speech and other speakers have been saying throughout this convention that we need to be grateful, not angry that we live in America. Vice President Pence also said, and if you want a president who falls silent while our history and our background is demeaned, Trump is not your man. Another one that he said is, in a city known for talkers, President Trump is a doer. Now, of course, President, uh, Vice President Pence oversaw the Chinese Coronavirus Task Force and rightfully pushed back against this false Chinese virus narrative when it came to the ventilators, PPE, and our response to the Chinese attack on our soil. But he also acknowledged that there has been real loss, which is very important. And this is kind of in the tone of Vice President's 2016 speech, Come On Home, pushing to open up schools. He talked about his wife, who's a school teacher. So that's kind of a very uh, intentional slight towards Dr. Jill Biden, who did her entire speech from a classroom, which I actually thought was one of the more effective speeches of the Democrat convention last week. Now, also, Vice President Pence said, quote, last week, Vice President Biden didn't say one word about the rioting and the violence on our streets. So let me be clear. The violence must stop. Whether it's in Minneapolis, Portland, or Kenosha, we will have law and order on our streets of this country for every American of every race, color, and creed. And then he gave a beautiful tribute to Officer Dave Patrick Underwood. The tribute was phenomenal. I just believe that Vice President Pence was one of the most effective political tacticians in dismantling Joe Biden. He did it from a very stoic perspective. And quite honestly, I was surprised at how aggressive Vice President Pence was going after Vice President Biden. I thought he did it very effectively. At the end of the speech, of course, President Trump and Melania uh, joined them on stage as Trace Adkins came out and sang the national anthem. Again, where it was written. Uh, disabled American veterans were all throughout the front row. And unlike those spoiled brats in the National Basketball Association, they stood to honor our flag and our country. We are going to get to the NBA because there's a lot of breaking news happening with the National Basketball Association that ties with Kenosha, which ties to the Republican National Convention. I thought it was an incredible cap to the evening uh, from an optics and a patriotism standpoint. Uh, President Trump and Mike Pence then walked over and joined all of them and took pictures with their supporters. So let's kind of go through the evening. So first of all, just we want to make sure we mention Hurricane Laura is coming. Our thoughts and our prayers are to all people in the southeast, specifically in the Texas-Louisiana border. It's a major Category 4 storm. Uh, please t uh, seek shelter. Uh, it is not something to be joking about. And um, they say there are winds up to 150 miles an hour. Uh, so please stay safe. Um, Kellyanne Conway floated out that President Trump could postpone the convention speech because of the hurricane. Um, my people that I'm talking to at the White House said that's not going to happen. That President Trump is going to talk tomorrow. So uh, we'll see what happens. Now, I want to get to Kenosha because uh, it's very important because it's kind of the unspoken news story of the entire convention. But I just want to go through some of these other speakers. First, Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn has been on our show here on The Charlie Kirk Show twice. And before I get more into Madison's remarks, he's a total star. He'll be the youngest congressman in American history if elected. Same age when James Madison, 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 signed the Declaration of Independence. If you guys email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, and we select your question here on the live stream, then you guys get a signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. We gave away a bunch of books last night. So email us, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Madison had some of the best lines of the entire convention. I think he actually had better lines than I did at certain times. I got to give Madison credit. He was, it was terrific. Um, information without wisdom, tribalism without truth. Phenomenal. To liberals, be a liberal. Listen to other ideas. This is a winning message for younger voters in particular. Madison is calling out the absolute moral fraud that the left has become in our country. I thought, and then of course, Madison, he's unfortunately paralyzed from the waist down and then he stands for the flag. Meanwhile, those spoiled brats of the National Basketball Association, LeBron James and all those other individuals, do not stand for our national anthem. They sit, they, they kneel. They don't sit, they kneel in total and complete disrespect to our veterans. Yet Madison Cawthorn, who can't stand, stands for the national anthem. If a paraplegic can stand for our pledge and our flag, then these millionaires and billionaires that act like they're aggrieved, they can do that. Jack Brewer, also a former NFL player and member of Black Voices for Trump. From a political strategy standpoint, there's actually data coming out that shows that the Joe Biden for president campaign is increasingly nervous 
on how President Trump is making inroads in the black community. I want to give credit to Jared Kushner. I want to give credit to the entire team that has been focusing on black outreach. This has been the most effective Republican convention for going to ask for black people's votes than I have ever, I've ever seen. And it hasn't been doing it in a pandering fashion. It's been real life stories. Jack Brewer had an amazing faith filled message about binding up racial wounds. He ended up with quoting Second Chronicles 714, quote, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Also, the Chinese civil rights activist, I might mispronounce this. I mean, no disrespect. I thought he was incredibly powerful. Chen Guangcheng. I think I pronounced that correctly. A Chinese civil rights activist, incredibly powerful. LeBron James should be forced to watch this guy. Cheng Guangcheng. He said, quote, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is an enemy of humanity. Very powerful message to send back to the White House and the entire country. And did you notice that the Democrats did not have any sort of messaging at all on China? Because the Democrats are bought by the Chinese Communist Party. The Democrats are a wholly owned subsidiary of Mao Zedong 2.0, who calls himself Xi Jinping. Hollywood is bought by the Chinese Communist Party. Sports are bought by the Chinese Communist Party. All of the movie producers are bought by the Chinese Communist Party, which, of course, is related to Hollywood. Wall Street is bought by the Chinese Communist Party. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones 30 companies on the industrial average, almost all of them are bought by the Chinese Communist Party. This is exactly why the Chinese Communist Party gets so angry when President Trump puts sanctions on China and also why the Chinese Communist Party has immersed themselves so deeply in the Dianne Feinstein and the rest of the Democrat leadership. Chang Gowan Chang, total hero, ignored by CNN because CNN is also a, a partially owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, not literally or materially, but CNN really holds the water for the Chinese Communist Party. Andrew Cuomo also uh, helps defend the Chinese Communist Party. He calls the Chinese coronavirus the European virus. This is where the Democrats stand on the most important issues in our country. Lee Zeldin, a dear friend of mine, he gave a phenomenal speech. And what I loved about his, I just got to give credit to the, the Trump campaign. The convention, no two speeches are similar. Every speech is going after a very specific group communicating under a unified message, a unified narrative. Lee Zeldin, who has phenomenal foreign policy credentials, gave a phenomenal defense of how the president's urgent message to the Chinese coronavirus helped his home district and gave kudos to Jared Kushner and the White House team. That's going to be one of the left's most ardent and impassioned attacks against the president. And it's imperative for the president and the Republican National Committee and the convention to continue to destroy this narrative. If you can convince people that the president acted adequately and quickly in response to the Chinese attack on our nation, a viral attack on our nation of how the Chinese Communist Party wanted to destroy America through a pathogen, then Trump's numbers will go up. We're also joined tonight by Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa. She talked about jobs. She, uh, I love the Heartland appeal. I love the fact that she was actually in front of a tractor um, and kind of in front of the kind of agricultural base of our country, something that Joe Biden does not believe in and cannot represent. And she talked about how the Green New Deal would essentially prohibit animal farming and kill farmers in our country. We are also joined tonight at the Republican National Convention by Sam Vigil. This is the husband of a woman, Jackie Vigil, who was killed in cold blood by a border jumping, line cutting criminal who called himself an immigrant, uh, illegal in Albuquerque. Uh, Trump and President Trump and Attorney General's bars, Operation Legend, brought her killer and his accomplices to justice. So think about this. The Democrats put illegals on couches during their convention, complaining that they need free stuff from us, the American people. And President Donald Trump puts people that lost their loved ones, their spouses and their wives because of illegal criminals in our country. Who actually stands for the American people? Joe Biden doesn't. Kamala Harris doesn't. And by the way, Kamala Harris is giving some form of a rebuttal to the speech right now, uh, probably waving her hands wildly and cackling her way through the entire speech. We're going to I'm not going to watch it because I actually want to be with you guys more importantly, but I am going to get notes and I'm going to respond to it in real time. It's a very, very powerful counter narrative to the left on gun violence. This was a heartbroken man. If you guys saw this is one of the most powerful testimonies of the entire convention. 
because President Trump is a law and order president who won't let needless crimes stand. What's the Democrats' solution? Block the very operation that brought to justice Jackie Vigils. Killers. Clarence Henderson, the civil rights leader from the 1960s, tells the powerful personal story of his own civil rights struggle. He was talking about protesting racial injustice and segregation. This is the Republicans contending for the black vote. Thank you. Amen. Finally, we should go after the votes of all Americans. Forgotten America. He said, I'm a civil rights activist and I'm a Republican. By the way, the civil rights era was thanks to Republicans. It's Republicans who authored the Civil Rights Act, passed the 13th and the 14th Amendment. It was the Republican Party that was founded as an anti-slavery party in Ripon, Wisconsin. It's the Republican Party that cares about how people act, what they think, what they do, not what they look like, not in their immutable characteristics. I actually think there's going to be a massive halo effect from this strategy. Not only do I think that Republicans are going to win over more black votes, but I think they're going to win over more suburban and independent voters because of the president and their focus on trying to win over black voters. It's going to give people who think that President Trump is a racist actually comfort in voting for President Trump. And it kills the racist narrative. Former acting director of national intelligence and my friend and current RNC advisor, Rick Grinnell, gave a phenomenal speech. You know, the one thing that I felt was missing from the last two evenings, and it's tough because there's only so much time you get, was there was very little to no focus on how Obama and Biden spied on the incoming Trump administration. Well, who better to talk about that than Rick Grinnell? He talked about Washington politicians and what they did for decades. You know what they did for decades? They sent their loved ones to war to go fight for an objective that was not clear so that Washington politicians could demagogue that, get a power trip, expand the national defense apparatus to really a national war apparatus, and put us in perpetual and endless conflict. That is not good for anyone. It's not good for our country. It's not good for the middle class. And it certainly is not good for our entire country. And so Rick Grinnell said what Matt Gates said the first evening, which is that President Trump is the first president in our lifetime not to start a new war, the first president not to put us into an endless encounter overseas. And again, we are taking your questions right here before I get further into Rick Grinnell's speech, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you email us your questions and we select your question, then you guys get a signed copy, a free signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. So Rick Grinnell also talked about the spying. He talked about how President Trump was spied on by Joe Biden. He had a quote where he said, I saw the roots of the Russia bogus narrative. And I can tell you that it was baseless. It was without any sort of evidence and was targeted at a president that they did not like. Obama spied and then they all covered it up. The Democrats never want you to know who's actually in charge, but that's not the case for President Trump. Trump puts you in charge, the American people. Some of the other speakers that kind of stood out for me tonight, uh, Kaylee McEnany was phenomenal. Kaylee McEnany shared her story about testing positive for the BRCA mutation. She shared a very touching story about a double mastectomy, about how Ivanka Trump was the first person to call her. And then the president called her. And this was long before she served as White House press secretary. A very humanizing story of the president, very effective and very noteworthy. Truly courageous of Kaylee to share this very personal story in order to shed a light on who the president really is. The second lady, Karen Pence, who I don't think gets enough credit for the amazing work she does for our country, uh, she talked about Susan B. Anthony and the 19th Amendment and the women's suffrage movement, which was thanks to Republican activism. And then Kellyanne Conway, who gave credit to the president for how he stands up for women, women in his administration. And obviously, the RNC is pushing tonight to make gains with suburban women. Currently, the president is down about 10 to 12 points in most polls with suburban women. If President Trump can make up that deficit with suburban women and black voters and continue to motivate the base of the Republican Party, we are going to beat Joe Biden. We're going to get to some polling in just a second. Now, Sister Dr. Deidre Byrne, a surgeon and former member of the Little Workers of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus Mary, um, she gave a very powerful pro-life message. Uh, she called Donald Trump the most pro-life president ever and then called the Biden-Harris the most radical abortion ticket in history. 
Incredible. So by and large, this convention between Sister Byrne has been the most aggressive push at winning the cultural battle against abortion. Makes sense considering the president's place in history as the most pro-life president to ever hold office. Then, of course, the great Lou Holtz. I love Lou Holtz. I always have. I've loved Lou Holtz football commentary. I love Lou Holtz on television. I thought he was a phenomenal Midwestern Notre Dame football coach. The strategic brilliance of having sister Deidre Byrne and then Lou Holtz is phenomenal. So Lou Holtz was the head football coach of Notre Dame for years. Notre Dame is not just an Indiana thing. It's all across the Midwest. If you're a Midwestern Catholic, you think very highly of Lou Holtz. You almost like sanctify the Notre Dame football coaches. And his love and appreciation for America really stood out for me. And he makes all of his decisions on three words, trust, commitment, and love. And he said, can I trust him? President Trump says what he means, and he means what he says. And he's kept more promises than he's made. Coach Holtz came out as a strong pro-life advocate, calls Biden a Catholic in name only, shots fired from Coach Holtz. And then he said, is he committed? President Trump always finds a way to get something done. It's a lot easier to find an excuse than a solution. Then he asked, do you love people? Prison reform, school choice, welfare reform. President Trump loves our country and our great people. Trust, commitment, and love. And if I ask these three questions out of Joe Biden, I can't say yes to these three questions. Trust? Joe Biden has been on every single issue of every topic, every side of every issue incorrectly. He supported the war in Iraq, then he supported withdrawing from Iraq. He supported overthrowing more and more Gaddafi. He supported not doing anything against ISIS. Then he supported sending billions of dollars to Iran and $1 billion of cash straight to Iran so that they could continue to hate our country and fund terrorist proxies to kill our middle-class men and women that are fighting overseas. I would encourage everyone to go back and listen to one of my favorite episodes of the Charlie Kirk Show when I, experience, when I explained last year why college football is essential to the American ethos. Co- Coach Holtz is a picture of the American dream. He says he grew up in a one-bedroom shack and is now the definitive voice of college football speaking at the RNC. He's so well-respected across the Midwest. This was political brilliance by the Trump campaign. And a complete reminder that America needs college football back. We need college football back right here, right now. We don't need the National Basketball Association. In fact, they're doing that for us, actually. I actually don't want them canceled. I'm not a cancellation guy, but the National Basketball Association actually doing that work for us. Michael McHale was a police officer and former president of the National Association of Police Organization. He recently endorsed the president of the United States. And we've seen a massive flood of endorsements for the president from the police associations and unions. Trump is the law and order president. And this segues perfectly to what I want to talk to you right now about Kenosha. There were some other great speakers throughout the evening that I want to get to. But I really want to get to Kenosha, what's happening in real time as one of an American city is burning down in front of us. And by the way, please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if we select your question, you guys get a signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. So Kenosha right now is on fire. How do we get here? Well, I want to just read some facts because the media is lying to you. The activist media is lying to you in real time. Julie Bossman, you guys can see their tweets for yourself at Julie Bossman. Let's just walk through the facts of what is happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Number one, here, let's go back in time. The Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation, which is investigating the shooting of Jacob Blake, is offering an initial count of what happened on Sunday. Number one, according to the Department of Justice, Kenosha Police Department officers were dispatched to a residence in the 2800 block of 40th Street after a female caller reported that her boyfriend was present and was not supposed to be on the premises. Hmm. Someone was committing a crime and was somewhere they weren't, shouldn't, shouldn't be. Okay. During the incident, officers attempted to arrest Jacob S. Blake, age 29. Law enforcement deployed a taser in an attempt to stop Mr. Blake. However, the taser was not successful in stopping Mr. Blake. Let's stop there. I've heard thousands of people on social media say, well, why Why didn't the police officers try to stop Mr. Blake with a taser? They did. The media is not fully covering this. In fact, we could go as far to say the media is lying to you. The activist media is going out of their way to lie to you. The, the media is not telling you that Jacob Blake was there because he was committing a crime and his girlfriend called the police because she felt unsafe. 
Now, I'm going to get to a minute exactly what happened from there, and I'm not saying it was justified to shoot him in the back, but the lack of nuance when we talk about these sorts of issues and saying that we should cancel all basketball because of this, because some guy who's a known criminal who violates that order to go to his girlfriend and then resists arrest from a taser. Let me continue. Mr. Blake then walked around his vehicle, opened the driver's side door, and leaned forward. This is after the police tried to tase him. So he said, sir, please stop. We are going to put you under arrest. He says, no. He resists arrest. They try to tase him. He continues on. He goes to his car. While holding on to Mr. Blake's shirt, Officer Rustin fired his service weapon seven times. I'm not saying that part is justified. I'm not. However, when your adrenaline is pumping and someone's going to a car to go grab what actually has turned out to be a weapon, be very careful how you judge these situations. During the investigation following the initial incident, Mr. Blake admitted that he had a knife in his possession, a lethal weapon. DCI agents recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard of Mr. Blake's vehicle. A search of the vehicle located no additional weapons. And so what ensued is BLM Incorporated, the insurrectionists and the terrorists in our country, decided that they wanted to burn down our entire civilization. Again, they decided to do this in the sleepy town of Kenosha, Wisconsin. I know Kenosha, Wisconsin really well. I grew up about 45 minutes down the street from Kenosha, Wisconsin, and it is a shame of what they are doing to this American city that, quite honestly, does not deserve what is happening right now in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They do not deserve the arson, the burning, the looting, and the terrorism. So then, according to witness accounts and video footage, this is going on to what happened last night. Before I get into last night, so BLM Incorporated burns down all of Kenosha, Wisconsin. And the activist media says, well, it's mostly a peaceful protest. Oh, really? Mostly peaceful. You mean like they almost, they didn't burn down the entire civilization? Now, I wanted to say this. Jacob Blake is still alive. We're praying for him. He might be paralyzed. I am not justifying seven discharges of a weapon. However, I'm, almost, I'm also not saying that Jacob Blake acted perfectly here. In fact, he didn't. His own girlfriend called the police on him. There's not some guy strolling down the street and the police officer said, oh, let's go after him. No, his own girlfriend thought that he was a menace to an innocent. And so then he resists arrest after he was tased, goes to his car to go grab a lethal weapon. And then the police officer discharges his weapon. That's the part that we have to have a conversation about. I'm not justifying or supporting it. But it's not like Jacob Blank was just sitting peacefully in his yard. It wasn't like it was just a five-year-old playing in his yard when a white five-year-old's playing in his yard and a black criminal comes and kills him. And I'm not trying to overly racialize this because that's not the right way to have a civilized society. It's not how we built our civilization. However, when you have someone like Jacob Blake who was acting, let's just put it this way. Why did his girlfriend call? The police, obviously there's something that he hasn't done that's necessarily correct. She considered him a menace. And again, not justifying the seven discharges of a weapon. But if you have no, if you have no nuance at all, and all you say is, oh my goodness, another black man who's in the hospital at the hands of a police officer, then you have a sloppy mind, you have a lazy mind, and you're trying to create racial unrest in our country. It's that simple. And so now Kenosha, Wisconsin, a once sleepy town, has become a domestic terror hotspot for BLM Incorporated. You guys have seen this arson on television. I'm going to get into exactly what happened last night. But Cannon Hinnett in North Carolina, five-year-old white boy who was shot in cold blood in front of his sisters by a black criminal. I'm not trying to racialize this. I'm not. But the media didn't cover this at all. The activist media didn't cover this. And guess what? No one called for the end of the NFL, the end of hockey, the end of ML Major League Baseball. You say, that's a tragedy. Why is no one talking about this? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Right now, the Democrat Party, they need racial unrest. But I'm going to tell you one thing. BLM Incorporated might get Trump reelected. BLM Incorporated actually might get Trump to win the White House. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But then last night, I think it was Kyle Rittenhouse, who's the young man who fired his weapon last night and killed two people. So the police don't do their job because they're outmanned. National Guard, because of Governor Evers, who's a Marxist who's running the state of Wisconsin, refuses the help from President Trump. So what happens? The terrorists take over. BLM Incorporated take over. And what do you expect is going to happen? Bad people from all across the country and just decent, reasonable people are going to rise up 
Kyle Rittenhouse was being chased through the streets by these thugs. He had an AR-15, from what I could tell by the video. I'm not justifying what he did, by the way. I'm not. But you have to understand the story. He's getting chased through the streets. They smack him with a skateboard. He trips and falls. And then he fires his gun several times. Shots can be heard elsewhere. And Kyle Rittenhouse has been indicted for first-degree murder. Now, according to the witnesses and the video footage, police apparently led the young man, Kyle Rittenhouse, responsible for some or all the shootings, walk past him with the rifle of his shoulder as a member of the crowd were yelling at him. I'm not advocating for vigilante justice. I'm not. Media Matters, if you're watching this, I am not advocating for vigilante justice. I'm just asking, how do you get to vigilante justice? How do you get to something bad? You get to something bad when the police are not welcome in your city, when the National Guard is not welcome in your city, and you allow BLM Incorporated to run Kenosha, Wisconsin, a small sleepy town on Lake Michigan in southeast Wisconsin. The sheriff told the journal Sentinel that armed people have been patrolling the city streets in recent nights. I wonder why. Maybe because you're not doing your job. But he did not know if the gunman was among them. They're a militia, Beth said. They're a vigilante group. The FBI said it's assisting in this case. Now, Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, who is black, said in an interview with the news program Democracy Now!, which might as well be just state-run Pravda propaganda. I'm just, I just got a news alert that Barack Obama is tweeting alongside LeBron James. So let's get that in real time. Thank you. That the shootings were not surprising and that white militias have been ignored for too long. I'm not supporting white militias. I'm not supporting vigilante justice. But when you allow BLM Incorporated to go into Southeast Wisconsin under complete and total misinterpretation of the facts, you're going to get chaos. If you do not have stability, if you do not have the rule of law, then all sorts of very unruly, very questionable characters are going to come out of the woodwork and you're going to lose your civilization and you're going to lose your country. And so the lack of facts in this situation in particular has been incredibly concerning. But we burned down Minneapolis, we burned down Seattle, burned down Portland, burned down New York City, burned down Los Angeles around lies. Police officers keep communities safe. Police officers actually drop the rate of crime. Police officers are able to address these problems head on. And actually, thanks to Rudy Giuliani's pro-police forms in the 1990s, more black and Hispanic people were able to live quiet and peaceable lives. Now, the National Basketball Association, which is part of overly paid, spoiled millionaire brats, has said they might cancel their season. Doc Rivers, who's a millionaire black man coach for the, is that the Clippers? I think he's a Clipper coach. Came out and he said something ridiculous yesterday. We'll get the quote. But then President Barack Obama said, quote, I commend the players on the Bucks for standing up for what they believe in. Uh, coaches like Doc Rivers and the NBA and WNBA for setting an example. It's going to take all of our institutions to stand up for our values. How about Barack Obama? You say, huh, I don't support the seven discharges of a firearm, but why did Jacob Blake resist arrest? Why did it take a taser and then a weapon? Why did it take that? How about Barack Obama? You say something about the facts of this case. It wasn't like Jacob Blake was just sitting in a car and someone said, now's a great time to go execute him. This is a diabolical campaign to turn people against each other on race. BLM Incorporated want a race war in this country, which is really a class war. That's what they want. Doc Rivers, Barack Obama, they can fly in their private jets all day long. But you know who the real people that are going to suffer is? When the police retreat, black middle class and lower middle class families are going to have to fend for themselves. And they're going to get slaughtered. Here's just some statistics on police. 12% of all white and Hispanic homicide victims are killed by cops each year. 4% of all black homicide victims are killed by cops each each year. Why? Because a black-on-black homicide rate is so high. Did you know that a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black man than an unarmed black man is to be killed by a cop? Do you know that black men make up 42% of all the cop killers over the last decade, even though they're 6% of the nation's population? If you look at all the interracial All the interracial violence, victimizations, excluding homicides, so robberies, aggravated assaults, and rapes. Blacks commit 85% of all interracial victimizations. Whites commit 15%. Last year, there were 15 unarmed blacks killed by police. Some say nine. 
you go one by one, about three out of the 15 were probably incidents where the police should be tried. The other ones are people that were in their car. They said they had weapons or they charged police officers forcibly. There are 1,000 fatal police shootings every single year out of 365 million police interactions a year. Blacks make up 25% of these fatal police encounters, even though they commit 10 times the amount of gun violence of whites and Hispanics combined. The rate at which officers use force, lethal or not, is directly connected to the rate of violent crime, not race. It has nothing to do with race. In New York City, black males... I'm sorry, in New York City, blacks make up 23% of the population, yet they make up 50% of all the police stops. Now, people say, well, it's because of racial profiling. No, it's not. Don't fall for that trap. Blacks commit 75% of all the shootings in New York City. And yet, LeBron James and Obama and Doc Rivers, they don't talk anything about the absolute crime of black-on-black virus in this country. Or no fathers. They're going to shut down the National Basketball Association? Sure, LeBron James. Great. No one's watching you anyway. Trap around and you say Black Lives Matter. You're silent on Chicago. You're silent on the million abortions a year in our country. You're silent of the absolute slaughter of the declining black birth rate in this country. There are few people that animate me as much as LeBron James. But LeBron James is the worst of the intersection of foolishness, deceit, power, fame, and money. So to finish the statistic... If you add Hispanics to black shootings in New York City and you account for nearly 100% of all the drive-by shootings in just New York City alone, we're going to get even more facts throughout this. But if we do not have facts about what's actually happening in this country, then we're just going to allow the, the loudest demagogue to win. And that's what they want. And this is their playbook to defeat Donald Trump. But it's not working. It's actually... I have to give credit to Benny Johnson. I was just hanging out with Benny Johnson. Benny made a great point. Black Lives Matter very well could have been a Tea Party style movement that could have denounced the extremism in their ranks. They could have said, no, anyone who does violence is not part of BLM. You're out, gone. They could have consolidated themselves to a true political movement. They had 68% approval ratings in certain parts of the country. Instead, BLM Incorporated might win Trump the White House. You want to hear some recent polling numbers? How about Wisconsin? The latest Wisconsin poll by Trafalgar which was the most accurate polling firm going into 2016, has President Donald Trump up one point in Wisconsin. Go ahead, BLM Incorporated. Go burn down our entire civilization. We're not going to take that. We decent, reasonable Americans are not going to tolerate the arson of America. We're not. And the more that you go out of your way to try to destroy normal people's lives, there is going to be a response to that. Some of the other recent polls show that Donald Trump is coming very closely in the margin of error. Shows Donald Trump up two points in North Carolina. Donald Trump only down one point in Arizona. Donald Trump only down three points in Pennsylvania. Down only three points in Florida, all within the margin of error. And these are change polls and CNBC polls. A three-point shift in Trump's direction last week shows no post-convention boat boost for Joe Biden. But definitely President Trump will get one this week after his convention. So now you have... All this ties together. Amazing night for the Republican National Convention. But Barack Obama and Doc Rivers and LeBron James, the Lakers and the Clippers, have recently voted to cancel their season. Do they want Trump to win at this point? I mean, people at some point do not want their core cultural institutions to just be complete and total fools at all times. But that's where LeBron James is. And it's very dangerous, by the way. More people are going to unfortunately die in the crossfire of what LeBron James is creating in this country. You want to cancel basketball? Go ahead. I'm not watching it anyway. It's incredibly dangerous what these people are doing. We want to take some of your questions. Freedom at charliekirk.com. Freedom at charliekirk.com. And if we select your question, you guys get a signed copy of the MAGA doctrine. But BLM Incorporated actually might get President Trump reelected. You see, in early June, I was worried about the movement of BLM. Now, we um, here on the Charlie Kirk Show, we've said this once. We believe all lives matter. We believe black lives matter. We believe all lives matter. We say it that way all the time. All lives matter and black lives matter. We do not say the organization's name. We say BLM Incorporated. Because when I criticize the organization, I want to make sure I'm making it very separate than criticizing a phrase that is true. I want to make sure I'm separating the two. 
BLM Incorporated in early June very well could have been a very political, powerful political movement. Instead, they have now been one of the number one base drivers for conservative support in the entire country. They very well might be one of the reasons why President Trump is going to win the White House. Did you guys see last night? I want to get the exact uh, quote on this. Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon chatting late last night, kind of on their handing off to the show. And Don Lemon said, I just want to be honest with the audience. It's coming up in focus groups. It's coming up in polling. It's coming up in everything we're doing. The riots are, are playing a role here. It's resonating. And Joe Biden has not denounced the riots. It's because this is the base of his party. As Victor Davis Hanson beautifully says, these are the shock troops. You see, Joe Biden made an alliance with the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. The Bernie Sanders wing of the party is pro-arson, pro-terrorism, pro-destruction of our cities. And you can see it happening in real time in Kenosha. They all love Bernie Sanders. So Joe Biden made this alliance. And by making this alliance, he has now lost control of being able to denounce what is happening in the inner cities and even in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm going to read this exact test by Don Lemon. Text. I'm going to read this text, not test, by Don Lemon. He says the Rorschach text, which is test, which is true. Here's what he says. What's happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country, Don Lemon said. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. Hmm. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away. This is Don Lemon speaking, who's a complete fraud. And it's not going to go away. And so unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days or 70 so, however many days are left, 68 days, the problem is not going to go away. The problem is not going to be fixed by then. But then what can they do? And I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. He's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it. Don Lemon continued. He's got to come out and do a speech like Barack Obama did about race. He's got to come out and tell people that he's going to deal with this issue of police reform in this country. What's happening now on Donald Trump's watch when he is the president, Kamala Harris, the vice president, then they'll take care of this problem. Guess what? The rioting has to stop. This is Donald Lemon. Chris, as you know, and I know it's because showing up in the polling, it's showing up in the focus groups. It is the only thing right now that is sticking. Now, I just want, if, if the media was at all honest, Don Lemon's not worried about actually people dying in the streets. Don Lemon's not worried about businesses being burned. He says this at the end. It's showing up in the focus groups. It's the only thing right now that is sticking. It's showing up in the polling. Don Lemon only cares about this because he thinks it actually might hurt them politically. Don Lemon doesn't care that innocent lives are being lost in the inner cities of our country. He only cares because Trump could win. He doesn't care that black businesses are being burned. He doesn't care that innocent lives are being caught in the crossfire. He doesn't care that police officers are being demonized. He only cares about it from a political vulnerability standpoint. That's how Don Lemon views the world. What actually might get in the way of Democrats getting more power? That's what Don Lemon is most concerned about. He's actually worried. He's like, well, it might be really tough for Democrats to win after this. It might be really tough for... Uh, us to defeat Donald Trump. I want to get to some of your questions here. Freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. But for those of you that are just tuning in, we did an entire and comprehensive takedown of what has happened in Kenosha. And just to, just to kind of recap it, there's a lot more to this story than the activist media is telling you. That Jacob Blake was called, the police were called on him by his girlfriend. He was not just an innocent bystander. He resisted arrest. He was tased went to his car, grabbed a weapon, and then I do not support the seven discharges of a firearm. I think that's probably an overreaction. It's probably incorrect and improper. That's why we have a judicial system. However, to say that Jacob Blake acted perfectly, he totally complied. He did what the police officer told him to do is a lie. LeBron James knows it's a lie. Doc Rivers knows it's a lie. And they're only sending this sort of message because they're worried that Donald Trump might actually get reelected. In fact, LeBron James said that. He tweeted that in all caps today. He said, I'm getting so effing sick of this guy. Okay, LeBron James. And we went through some of the numbers on police in this country. 
More police means more black lives are saved, more stability, more black prosperity. The Democrats are always looking for another issue to be able to turn people against each other. The Democrats are political opportunists. Democrats want division to sow chaos so that they can assume control. That is the Democrat playbook. It's rules for radicals. It is one of the key rules that they talk about within the playbook of how they go about to assume power. Right now, they're failing on a lot of different issues. And I think in one of the most ironic twists, the beast that they created might actually destroy them. You see, they allowed BLM Incorporated to go nuts. They've allowed BLM to do whatever they want. And they thought that decent and reasonable Americans are not going to say, you know, I was with you on kind of the George Floyd incident was not handled correctly thing. But the 81 days of rioting and looting, not a total fan of that. Here's a prediction for you, a couple predictions. And I want to get to your questions at freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Please email your, me your questions. And if I take one of your questions, you guys get a signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. Number one, Joe Biden is going to blame the riots on Donald Trump. This is going to happen in the next couple of days. It's unavoidable. Donald Trump has to get out ahead of it. And I think that Donald Trump actually has to send in the National Guard and quell this rebellion very quickly and show that he could do that. The people that I'm talking to in Southeast Wisconsin are demanding that President Trump does exactly that. Biden's strategy is to pathologically lie his way to the White House. It's not even his strategy. It's his team around him. They understand that now the riots are becoming the number one issue in our country. They're now understanding that the crime that is spreading all throughout the Midwest, all across Chicago and all the way to New York and Los Angeles, it's becoming a huge political vulnerability. But by the way, Outside of the political vulnerability, this is an evil thing happening in our country. Can we just address it because it's the right thing to do, not because we're, we think that people are going to get votes or not get votes because of it? President Barack Obama, again, tweeted out in support of the NBA taking time off, which actually might be a good thing for our country if the National Basketball Association isn't playing. But now BLM Incorporated is a political ins- insurrection movement that is viewed very unpopular across the electoral battleground states, that could have very well been a very full-fledged political movement that I believe is actually helping Republicans. And I actually don't support... I'm not a, I'm not a Don Lemon guy. So if, if I take Don Lemon's thesis at face value, if I want Donald Trump to get reelected, then I would want the rioting to continue. But I don't. I don't like innocent lives to be caught in the crossfire. I don't like to see innocent people suffer. I don't like to see people that mean well see their livelihoods completely and totally destroyed. I don't like that. And I think that unlike Don Lemon, I think that we as Republicans, if we can, and conservatives and Trump supporters, if we can solve this problem, that we're actually going to be richly rewarded politically. Let me get to some of your questions here, freedom at charliekirk.com. And again, we are recapping a phenomenal night at the Republican National Convention. Here's one right here. Charlie, I love your show. I thank God for you. Well, thank you. I listen almost daily from Boise, Ohio. Idaho. Jeez. At this point, what is the biggest obstacle to a fair political process? Can the media be held liable for the way they are shamelessly miscovering news? God bless. Keep fighting. Look, they absolutely need to be held accountable. Unfortunately, there's not many ways to do that. That's why Nicholas Sandman is an American hero for what he did. Nicholas Sandman suing CNN successfully and suing the Washington Post successfully is one of the greatest acts of holding the media accountable that we are going to see in recent memory. Here's Tabra T. Hillary is already telling Biden not to concede to Trump under any circumstances if Trump is declared the winner. If he doesn't concede, does it even matter? What are the possible ramifications of that? Thanks, Charlie. Tambra T. So look, it's kind of funny because they actually accuse Donald Trump of this. They accuse Donald Trump of not conceding the election and not conceding the election results. Yet they're the ones that are actually doing it. It's so incredibly Orwellian. And for those of you that aren't really familiar with Orwell, he wrote 1984. He wrote Animal Farm. So here's how Orwellian thinking works. It's called double speak or double talk or double think. It's all kind of the same thing. So it would be, If I go up to somebody eating some cookies 
And I asked them, how many cookies did you eat? They say, oh, I ate three cookies. Well, they really ate 10 cookies. That would be a lie. Here's how double speak works. Double think works. I go up to the person eating cookies and I say, how many cookies did you eat? And they got crumbs all over their face and they say, I didn't eat any cookies. You did. What are you talking about? Like, I see you eating the cookies. Like, no, I didn't eat any cookies. You did. And you're also a racist and your country's awful. Like, what are you talking about? That is how Orwellian thinking works. So Hillary telling Biden not to concede while they're the ones thinking that Trump is not going to relinquish power in office. Look, if he doesn't concede, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take someone to concede to win the White House. It's just precedent. All it takes is for 270 electors to go to the Electoral College and to elect a president of the United States. The ramifications are Joe Biden will go down as a sore loser, and he's on pace to lose. Joe Biden's on pace to lose, and President Trump is on pace to win. Do you know that on Friday, the day after he gives his primetime address tomorrow, he's on the road again to New Hampshire. The more Trump travels, the more he moves, the more his support grows, because Joe Biden is the shelter-in-place candidate. As virus numbers go down, the American people are going to have no tolerance at all whatsoever. So this is a very interesting thing. The media needs to keep the virus message going to get to keep Biden's political numbers up. Here's the next question. And again, if you guys email us and we select your question, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com, then you guys get a signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The Mega Doctrine. Hey, Charlie, love your content. How do you explain support of President Trump when people discredit everything he has done because they hate him so much? Is it worth the fight with people so filled with hate? Just ask questions, Jesse. Say, do you not like the fact that Iran is being held in check, that illegal immigration is finally being addressed, that we had the lowest black, Hispanic, disabled, and Latino unemployment well before the virus? Do you not like the fact that China is finally being held accountable? Do you not like the fact that President Trump is actually addressing the cartel of rotten insiders that have done so much damage to our country? Some people are just filled with malevolence, bitterness, and deceit. There will be 60 million people that come up and vote against Donald Trump. All we need is to win by one more vote in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Florida, North Carolina, Iowa, Ohio, and obviously the core states that are going to be no-brainers. And we win the White House. It doesn't matter how many angry people show up. Praise God for the founding fathers for coming up with the electoral college system. Let's get to some more questions here. Jonah from Illinois. Hi, Jonah. I'm going to send you a New York Times bestseller, The Mega Doctrine, because I'm selecting your question. Also, it's good to hear from someone from Illinois. Hey, Charlie, I was just curious if you think the Republican National Convention will boost Trump in polling and his odds in the general election. And if so, what night do you think would be the most effective to grab those voters who are still undecided? First of all, yes, I think that Trump is going to get a massive boost from this convention, a very serious one, because most people were not supporting Donald Trump in the polls because they did not feel adequate reason enough to go support him. It was not like enthusiastic support for Joe Biden. So I just want to paint that picture for you versus Mitt Romney and versus John McCain. The support for Joe Biden was a reluctant like flight to safety support. Like, I don't really feel comfortable with Donald Trump. The persuasiveness, the persuasion brilliance of this convention is going to allow people to have that kind of comfort in voting for Donald Trump, something that has been really missing, quite honestly, over the last couple months. And so, yes, I think they're going to get a very big boost. And I think that the odds are going increasingly in Donald Trump's favor. I love looking at the betting odds. The latest betting odds, just so you know, last week before the Democrat National Convention began, the betting odds had Donald Trump at 31% at winning, 31%. In fact, you go all the way to about a month ago and had him at 36%. The odds now have Donald Trump at 45% of winning and Joe Biden at 54% of winning. The betting markets are rarely ever wrong. These are people that are able to just place, it's just no different than sports betting. It's getting within the margin of error very, very quickly. I think there's going to be a significant Trump boost in the convention. Let's take a couple more questions here. Hi, Charlie. I'm a conservative college student. You should get involved with Turning Point USA. I've felt like a proud American watching the RNC so far, but then I feel discouraged when I go on social media and see my liberal friends castigating the RNC, the president and conservatives in general. How do you suggest I deal with these conflicting emotions? Will avoiding political conversation with these liberals, whom I consider my friends, be better for my sanity? Or do I have a responsibility to correct their misconceptions and share my conservative values? Sincerely, Taylor T. Thank you for listening, by the way. You win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. It's tough. It's tough. And I've been through that. I, I think that very little good happens when you engage endlessly in these kind of conversations and these kind of internet debates back and forth with liberals and with leftists. However, I think it is fair to pick out certain conversations 
and kind of post once or twice and retreat from that conversation, just kind of see how it goes. I actually think that conservatives need to engage more, not less, with people that spread outright lies and act like micro tyrants online. That being said, if you do that with some of your friends, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Just understand, you're going to lose a lot of friends if you come out and you stand for truth. But that's why I encourage you to get involved with Turning Point USA. That's exactly why we do what we do. Kevin J. from Brewster, New York, he said, New York is going red. Just watch. I actually love hearing that because if someone who's on the ground in New York is saying that and they're seeing those trends in New York, I think it's pretty fair to say that Minnesota is going to go red. He says, Grinnell just nuked the deep state. Thoughts? Huge fan. Love your show. Thank you, Kevin J. I'm going to send you a signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, The MAGA Doctrine. Yeah, I mean, look, the deep state spied on Donald Trump, created a intergovernmental coup against a president. This involved Sally Yates. This involved Susan Rice. This involved Joe Biden. This involved every level of the executive branch of government to go after Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump needs to talk about the spy scandal and Spygate even more. I bet you're going to hear something from him tomorrow night in his address. Nicholas said, do you think labeling BLM as a terrorist organization will open the door for the federal government to conduct arrests of activists associated with BLM? Yes, BLM should be classified as a domestic terror organization. We should RICO their finances. We should go after people that are funding them and we should hit them very, very hard, very quickly. Hello, Charlie. Huge fan. I've been expressing my conservative views on Instagram recently, and I was wondering how to deal with all the nonsense when I go back to school. Well, get a couple close conservative friends and be ready for a massive amount of retaliation for the views that you hold. That's all I can say, Connor, because it is uh, it's a hard environment. In fact, it's a tougher environment than ever before to be an outright and spoken conservative in this atmosphere. Remember, the left hates the idea that there are other ideas. They want college to be a place where everyone looks different but thinks the same. And their idea of diversity is skin color, not diversity of thought. Very, very important that you guys can sit, continue to be ambassadors of freedom and for liberty. No matter what happens, stand for American exceptionalism, stand for our constitution, stand for Western civilization, stand for moral thinking. David T says this, hi, Charlie, I live in California and have seen an enormous amount of enthusiasm for the Trump-Pence administration in my county, close to zero support for Biden. Hmm. Also in Southern California, the 25th Congressional District was flipped red for the first time in 1998 this past May. I was wondering if you think Trump has the potential to flip California red. You know California better than I do. I know some people that are working very hard on this, Pastor Rob McCoy, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and many others. I don't think California is going to turn red, but I think if you're seeing enthusiasm for Trump in California, I can only imagine what is being felt on the ground in Florida, Minnesota, and in other areas. Guys, please continue to email me your questions in. And if you guys, we're going to send out another 10 copies of the MAGA Doctrine. If you just show your subscribe to our podcast, those of you watching on Facebook, on YouTube, just go to that podcast link, go to the Apple charts right there, just right on the Apple link, press subscribe, give us a five-star review, screenshot and email us at freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Here's a question. It is Brett from Michigan. Hey, Charlie, I really want to help the president. What can I do? We have to win Michigan. Thanks so much. The biggest thing you could do to get the president reelected is to think small, not big. What I mean by that, own your precinct, own your neighborhood. Every door that you see when you drive home, know what doors are voting for Trump and know what doors are not voting for Trump. We as conservatives sometimes think too macro, not micro enough. So when you drive home from work and you see the 10 doors of your neighbors and you know all their names, be bold enough to go to those neighbors and say, are you supporting President Donald Trump? And if not, can I walk you through why I think you should? And someone might say, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. That's the type of boldness that it's going to take to get President Donald Trump reelected. Own your neighborhood. If you own your neighborhood, we're going to get this president reelected. Just own the city block that you live in and we can get President Trump for more years. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. Guys, if you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, I'm wearing a Turning Point t-shirt. All these comments were on my personal behalf tonight, but get a t-shirt from Turning Point USA. You guys should go to tpusa.com. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. Tomorrow, President Donald Trump speaks live from the White House. I'm going to be there and we're going to have instant reaction. I thought Vice President Pence was terrific tonight. Madison Cawthorn, a star, is born. Happy to say he was a twice guest on the Charlie Kirk show before a lot of people were talking about him. Ambassador Rick Grinnell was terrific. Uh, Burgess Owens and so much more. Stay tuned for the Charlie Kirk show for unique commentary. Keep on emailing us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. You guys know that we are the place for insight 
philosophical uh, philosophical analysis, historical analysis, diving deeper and explaining what's happening in our country in ways that everyone can understand. And we pray and we hope that we can keep this country great and excellent for future generations. We have our best hundred years ahead. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow night. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.